Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, that's right. We're glad you could join us. It's time to sit back, get comfortable, talk about some weird stuff. Just chill for a while. Welcome to After Hours with the Rise Guys. Here's Mad Man at nine. Yeah. And that was Mark Hendricks. Yeah, he's the boss around here. The official announcer for After Hours with the Rise Guys. I'm Matt Man. He's nine. Hey, welcome to After Hours with the Rise Guys. Episode three. Yeah, three weeks in, man. We've had a lot of fun, and we're going to keep having a lot of fun. Yeah, and we're finally on uh, Apple Podcasts, formerly known as iTunes, but I think if you had it as iTunes, it's still that. Yeah. Um, but you can find us there and subscribe and leave a review, because what I found out is that when we get good reviews, then that helps to put us in the algorithm and more people will find us yep yep so please please tell a friend it would mean the world to us if you'd like us to tell a friend or if you think we suck hey man listen to how bad this sucks and then let them listen yeah remember the the chick uh, on tnc this week on on the rise guys morning show she only found us because she had watched everything during covid and said i need something new to watch and somebody sent her Facebook fussing video. Yeah, that's how she found out about the radio show. Yeah, if you uh, if you like Facebook fussing, something we do on the Rise Guys Morning Show with uh, with clapping, yeah, like wrestling clap. Uh huh. And then, uh, but yeah, we take if you've never heard it, if you don't listen to the Rise Guys Morning Show. We take real Facebook arguments and we do them on the radio. We act them out. We act them out. Yeah. Right? In addition to being uh, radio saviors and podcasters, we're also uh, actors. Yes, 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 we are actors. Yes. Um, all right, so let's look. I'd I like to do this at least until we get into double digits. Uh, episode one, we talked about the CIA and uh, their uh, experiments with astral projections. Yes, we did talk about some of that stuff in episode one. We were as confused by that as any of you possibly could have been, though. So don't worry if you were confused. So were we. Yeah, and to those of you that ask questions, uh, I referred you to like Wikipedia because mm-hmm. I had no more answers than you do. Just look it up because I don't know. I can't explain it. Yeah. Um, and then episode two uh, last week uh, was about uh, growing up in church, uh, why we don't go anymore, uh, nine and I, and um, how, you know, my preacher stole from me and uh, the lady in charge of baptism uh, molested me. Yeah, we got into all that stuff, all the religion stuff. Had a little bit of the old school satanic panic stuff that used to go on in the South oh, as well. Lord God. Probably still does. A lot Devil's of places. mansion, brother. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mama's calling me while we record the podcast. I'll be devil. You want to take the call? I can, uh, it's done. Oh, okay. Missed the call. I have to call her back later. My mom knows uh, to call me two times in a row if it's an emergency. My mom usually does it anyway. Oh, I think, oh, man, something must be wrong. She's like, hey, is it raining over there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but when when I had a beeper, my mom would use nine one one when really it was not an emergency. Yeah, it was like, do you want uh, you know fried chicken or uh, baked chicken? She yeah. knew the answer before she even called. Yeah, 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 yeah. Always fried. There could be an earthquake in the mountains of Bolivia. Yeah, I'd have nine missed calls. My mom just making sure I'm not in Bolivia. You all right? Yeah. No, I'm in I'm in Greenville like I have been for years. Yeah, 
I love Moose. She's great, man. Moose is Nine's mom. It's an affectionate nickname she's had since uh, since birth. Yeah, yeah. So well, since she was a small child. Yeah. Maybe not since birth. That'd yeah. Be no, she. The, the way the story. This is funny. I throw it in real quick. The way that story was told to me is that she was named after a, a character on a TV show called uh, Sancho the Bull Moose. Right. Turns out that, that, that nobody in my my family is either dumb or don't remember stuff good, and I'm not sure which one. Why? No one remembers that being the, the actual story? I thought it was a clumsy moose. Not a bull moose. What is a bull moose? What was Bullwinkle? It was, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a, a clumsy bull, but it was basically the, uh, the, the, the story of Ferdinand. Marco? No, the old, the old cartoon they read that a couple years ago with John Cena playing the bull. I know, yeah, I'm I, familiar. I never saw it. I think Moose's nickname is supposed to be Ferdinand. Really? I think so. Ferdy. I think it's I think it's supposed to be Ferdinand. Well, instead of Sancho the Bull Moose. If you ever get her on the show, we could ask her that very question. Well, I'd rather not. <laughs> rather not. Uh, so episode three, uh, nine. You've already said this could very well be a two-parter. I think so. There's just so much to cover, and I mean, it spans like sixty-three years of content. Yeah, and, and a lot of highlights in them 63 years. Nine's not that old, of course, um, but talking about your dad. And, and with the, the new show, this show you're listening to right now, Rise Guys, or After Hours with the Rise Guys, we're going to try to keep these less than an hour because, you know, it's like, think about a TV show. You know, outside of like a, a sporting event or, or damn wrestling, you don't want to watch a TV show longer than an hour. Yeah. Hell, most of them's 30 minutes. By the time you do commercials, it's like 18. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we just go. We just, it's just two guys talking for better part of an hour. After we already did four hours. Yeah. Earlier today. Yeah, we did. We talk a lot. Yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, we get paid for it. Yeah, we do. 63 years. That's how long your father, Eddie, lived and walked this earth. Yeah, I'll start at the very beginning if you want me to start at the very beginning because it's interesting from the get-go, especially to people who are alive this day and age. Look, I've known you for 20 years. Yeah. Uh, give or take. I, I only remember seeing your father briefly. About 21 years now. <laughs> 21 years? Yeah. Wow. Um, I, I saw your father. I don't remember ever talking to your dad. And some of the things you told me leading up to us doing this show today, I did not even know. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's some stories I've told on the, the Rise Guys Morning Show over the years, a few times here or there. But there's so many stories I never got around to, just didn't have time for, or whatever. For whatever reason, they've never been told in 18 years of the other show. If you saw Walk the Line with about Johnny Cash and you thought that was something else. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is, this is that could be a movie about my dad. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> who, would, who would play him? Oh Lord, I don't have any idea. I asked you that on the, the the morning show. I was like, think about that. Who would play your dad in a movie? I'd have to give it some serious thought. You know, probably somebody like Dave Franco could pull it off if he could play Southern good enough. Oh, okay. Yeah, because my dad was not he's not a big man at all. Right. He was a small guy. He was yeah. about five eight, five nine maybe. You take after your mama. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was five eight or so, and he was. I mean, he was. Uh, skinny up until he quit drinking yeah. in his middle age. But the, the, his life began in a little town, a little mill town called Lowell, North Carolina, which is right outside of Gastonia, North Carolina, about 30-odd minutes from Charlotte. Okay. About a half hour up the road. Yeah. Like right outside. From where we are. Right between Gastonia and Belmont, basically. But it's a tiny little, just a mill village. Yeah. If you're listening to us in Alabama, for instance, it's not just up the road. Yeah, yeah. No, no, from here. But uh, he was uh, he was born on the front porch of a mill house in Lowell, North Carolina, a uh, week before Christmas in 1938. So outside, freezing cold, giving birth, on the porch, here comes Eddie. Was uh, your great uh, great? Eddie. Was your grandma in the swing with her legs up? Or I mean, then sorry, I mean, laid out on the porch. You know, ah. probably involving a wash tub, a hot water, or something. Then mill houses, at least at Poe Mill, you you lay down on the floor. You you're touching. Yeah, both sides. Yeah, the room. Yeah. Well, she, again, she was on the porch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he was born on the porch, and he was uh, he was the baby of five brothers. Mm-hmm. Lena and Gordon, his parents, my grandparents, they yeah, they had five kids total. So they had uh, Clinton, Clinton, as they called him. Clinton? Yeah. Herman. Uh, they had uh, Ray. Oh. They had Jack. And they had Eddie. I remember Herman Jr. made a short appearance on the show once. He did. Yeah. He did. He was cheating on his wife. Uh, yeah. Got him on war. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it starts there. Man, it, I mean, it... it 
I don't think anybody really had a pleasant childhood in the 40s for the most part. A lot of people had unpleasant childhoods for various different reasons. But, yeah, my my dad's mom was – I don't – I mean, I, thinking back, she died when I was a kid. She died in 96. I was 11 when she died. Mm-hmm. So I, I can't really remember – I mean, I can't remember enough about her to say what might have been going on with her. Right. But she was not well. She was very mentally ill. Okay. And I don't know exactly what it was. She was never diagnosed or treated, obviously, because back then you weren't. But, yeah, she was, dude, she was mean. Yeah. She was very mean, very abusive to all them boys, especially the younger couple. Because by then she was tired of having kids, didn't want any more kids, and here they come. Was your grandpa in the house? She was mean to him, too. She ran that show. He was, uh, yeah, he just drank and shut up. All he did was drink and shot up. He eventually drank himself to death. Was he a soldier? No, mm. he never. The only, the only one of those brothers who ever served was uh, Clinton, I believe, in the Korean War. Oh. And he was a tail gunner. My God. Yeah, he shot people in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I mean, uh, but, yeah, I mean, Clinton turned out really well. He was a great guy. Herman, not as much. And we'll get to him later on in this story. Yeah. He's, he was involved in the, 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 the shooting death of a man. Oh, God. The, the guy my dad killed involved Herman. We'll get to that. That's okay. a nice tease for later. That's a nice tease. Yeah. But uh, and then, uh, Ray was a preacher, but I think he was just in it for the money. Oh, a good portion of them are. <laughs> yeah, so this is my dad's family. You know? yeah. I mean, this is who we're dealing with. So do we know why he was born on the front porch? Was it lack of uh, not realizing the, the water broke and it have a chance to get there? Or did they have a vehicle to get there? Or? Where, where were you going in 1930? And I think most people in that day and age were born at home. No stud. Yeah. No kidding. I think so, yeah. I, man, I never thought about at that. At least in that area. Probably, maybe in cities, maybe not. But you see, I mean, you know, I don't think it was that far advanced. Plus, when you're in Lowell, I don't know how far away you got to, You might have to go all the way to Charlotte to find, like, yeah. a hospital. Because you think about that, a lot of the, the hospitals around then and prior to were... Uh, Catholic church based, yeah. you know, the, the St. Francis, St. this, St. that. Mm-hmm. It was not the conglomerates owning them and bringing them to town. Yeah, I mean, somebody at some point had to say, man, we got to like, give some health care to some people. Yeah. And then somebody said, well, we can make a lot of money off this. Let's do it. Yeah. And then somebody said, we can make a ton of money and not give anybody health care. And that's where we are now. Yeah. There we go. 2020. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, I'll move on from there. To My dad's family moved down to South Carolina when he was a kid. They always ran restaurants. His, mm-hmm. uh, his mom was uh, just ran restaurants. She didn't really – I won't say she was a great cook because by the time I came along, she burned the hell out of everything she cooked and mm-hmm. it wasn't good. But back then, apparently, the hot dogs, hot dog chili, hamburgers and stuff like that, they're just good at that. So they, they did that, and that's how they made their money, and they always got by. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they moved down here, and uh, they didn't do that anymore. And you know what? I don't have a clue what my grandparents did for a living once they moved down here. I know they ran a couple restaurants down here briefly, but I don't know exactly what where they worked, what plants or anything. I, I just never knew. Right. Because my grandpa, he well, he drank himself to death 20, 30 years before I was born. The early 60s. So, yeah, a little over 20 years before when I was you born. Say, you know, let me stop you there. When people say they drank themselves to death, you hear stories about what, what does that mean exactly? Did his, his kidneys just shut down? Did his, uh, is it something with his pancreas? Yeah, I don't know what he did for a living. I certainly don't know his exact cause of death. But, yeah, yeah I imagine something to do with the liver and the kidneys yeah. or the pancreas, you know, mm-hmm. something to do with the poisoning yourself with it eventually. Yeah. Because he'd been drinking like a fish. He pickled himself. Basically, yeah. 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 And then, uh, but, but yeah, so my dad's family moved down here because they all had family from down here. They were all from the upstate anyway. How was your dad at this point? He was a kid, a toddler, when they okay. moved down here. Yeah. Because he was a toddler when uh, when he was sent to uh, to stay in the summers. Now, all the brothers weren't sent together. This is where it's weird. But they just they didn't want those those last couple of kids. They really didn't want to have, I think they, they were cool with three, but number four and five – Grandma did not want my dad or his his young or his brother who was the next youngest, which was Jack. Wow. So Eddie and Jack were not wanted, and they were treated like they weren't wanted. Too. Well, people were not known for wearing rubbers back then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So my dad had to go stay with uh, with Grandma's brother, his aunt and uncle, out in the. the this was BFE middle of nowhere country back then, up towards Pumpkin Town, South Carolina. Yeah. And if you're not from around here, just imagine that Pumpkin Town is BFE nowhere because it has to be. It's called Pumpkin Town. Every town has one. Yeah, yeah. So he was sitting to stay there, and that's where the story comes from. The only time I ever saw my dad get emotional and well up with tears in his eyes talking to me, the and the entire 17 years I knew him. That's where he drowned a box of kittens under a spigot out back of the house. 
Wow, I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot about he, that when it came to this. He told me the story that he individually took these kittens and held them under the spigot and drowned each of them. Now, this is a very abused child at this point. I mean, he's been literally chained to radiators and beaten. And I'm, again, I'm by not. By the mom. Yeah. By his mom. And I'm not certain I was never told or hinted around enough. But I, I just get a strong feeling that there was definitely some, some sexual abuse. And, and it happened there in Pumpkin Town, where he drowned the box of kittens. So that's what was going on up there, I, I think. I have a very strong feeling it probably was. And whose house was that at? His uncle's, his and mom's brother. So that, so that we think that possibly the sexual abuse happened there? I think so. Possibly, okay. That's what... what that's I, where he was chained to the radiator. No, that was his parents' house. My God. Yeah, I mean, they, they, those, those boys were beaten, especially the two younger ones. Jack, uh, his next youngest brother, he also drank himself to death uh, around the same time their dad did. Wow. Yeah. I mean, this was, this was a very powerful woman who had a lot of control over these men in her life, her sons and her husband. And I she hate just, your grandma. Oh, man, she's dom domineering woman, just as mean as a snake, too. Even when she was in her 90s, she was, she was, I'm talking about, she was 92 sleeping with a butcher knife under her pillow. You had relatives that lived to 90? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Dang. I know, man. Right, I would remember that. Yeah. Holy crap. So as you can imagine, the, the picture I'm painting, the story I'm telling, I mean, you know, there's no education in the deep rural south back then. Mm -hmm. There's no money in the deep rural south back then. There isn't much of anything in the deep rural south back then unless you were born into money, and my dad wasn't. Yeah. So I'm painting a portrait of a man who probably went into a life of crime, right? Oh, yeah. So that, <laughs> that right there takes us straight to uh, about... 10, 12 years old, he wound up in reform schools. Now, those were in the lower part of South Carolina, down near the coast. Uh, places like Florence was one, and Sumter was another one he was in. Places within a couple hours or so of Myrtle Beach for a landmark for you. Can I pause right there and go back to one thing yeah. about the, the drowning of the cat? Please. A, in what context did he tell you that story? And B, did he relay what was going on in his mind and why he did that? Oh, that's, that's actually a great question. He said he didn't know why he did it, and that's when he started to get emotional is when he was telling me he didn't know why he did it. And when he told me that, we used to just go get in the car and ride around. We'd go ride around for a couple hours, go drive around in the country. That's just what he liked to do, clear his head, and it's just a hobby for him to yeah. go for a ride. So we were doing that, and we were up and around that area, uh, and he started telling me the story. I guess he just was thinking about it because he was up there. Oh, wow. But otherwise, I never saw him get emotional when people died or anything. I never saw that level of emotion he felt. Just that guilt from, I mean, he was in his early to mid-50s when he told me the story. So that guilt was close to 50 years old that he was carrying around. He still felt terrible about having done that. My God. Especially because he, he couldn't explain why he did it. He, was, he used to tell me, too, that he used to have it. If there was a demon in him or something, he did things and he didn't understand why he did them. You know, forgive me, but it does sound very Michael Myers-ish. Especially the, the Rob Zombie take on Michael Myers. Yeah, well, very I'm much drawing that. it from that, for sure. Yeah. His mom wasn't a stripper. No. Lena no. wasn't much to look at, even in her younger days. Lena oh, God's going to get you. Lena May. Lena. So, oh, uh, poor old widow woman, she always said. So you only saw, oh boy, everybody had one of yeah. those. Or an old maid. Yeah. So, uh, so he relays that to you going through there. You saw him cry. Okay, so reform school. Yep. Okay. Yep. Again, these are all just stories he told me when I was growing up. So reform school was in, I think the one in Florence is where he spent the most time. In Why not his, just call it conform school instead of reform school? Well, they're trying to reform these awful boys like my dad who've been abused and beaten and all kind of stuff done to them. Right. And they've never been taught anything or, or properly raised or educated at all. They've just been kind of thrown to the wolves in a sense. And mm -hmm. then the time you hit reform school, yeah, you sure enough thrown to the wolves. If you weren't destined for a life of crime already, well, they're going to throw you down there and you will turn into a criminal for sure. It's like, a, it, I mean, they're just grooming you to be a criminal when they send you to these places, especially if it's 1950 in South Carolina. And you don't really necessarily have anything to live for. You don't, you don't give a crap. So if you go and commit a crime, if you get away with it, awesome. If you don't, all right, so I'll go to jail. Exactly. Three and squares a day. It was a lot easier to get away. It was a lot easier to hide out. It was a lot easier to disappear. I mean, they couldn't find you in the next county back then. <laughs> it was a lot a lot easier to get away with stuff back then, so mm -hmm. it was a lot more tempting. Mm -hmm. But reform school, uh, the, the thing you told me about reform school, uh, the first thing is that, that their work, their chores at reform school were stuff like they dug out a football field with tablespoons. 
they had the boys do stuff like that. I mean, they had to do cleaning and, and cooking and all kinds of stuff like that, making beds and all the dusting, just basically cleaning the place up like it's somebody's mansion. But, yeah, the, the one thing they had to do was go out and dig out a football field behind the school, all the boys on hands and knees digging it out with tablespoons. Do you remember any of the names of the schools? No, I have no idea what the school was called. He never told me. I never asked because I was a kid hearing the stories. But uh, that's where he first met a guy. Some people are going to know this name. I know you'll know it, Matt, because he's a very famous South Carolinian man named Donald Gaskins. Oh, yeah. They were in reform school together. They were, they were dorm mates or whatever at reform school yeah. in the same bunks. So, yeah, Pee Wee Gaskins. Did was, he tell you how he got the name Pee Wee? Is it a shower room story? No, nah, he's just a little short. A little short blank. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, little short, too. a little short piece of trash, you know? Somebody's going to say shit before he says everywhere. Eventually it'll happen. But uh, so the thing is, he was roommates with Pee Wee Gaskins, who Pee Wee Gaskins is an American serial killer. He killed quite a few people. He would bury them in the swamps. He would, I think he'd even like put some kind of lead or something in people uh, to hold them down or use it to weight them down and just they disappear in the swamps and be swallowed up by the swamp. You never find anything. It's like southern cement shoes. Yeah. He was, I mean, just a very angry, I guess, psychotic little man was Pee Wee Gaskins. And nobody knows for sure how many people he killed, but a lot of people think it was 100 or more. Because back then, if somebody disappeared, would anybody know about it? Yeah. Especially if you're, again, in the swamps of South Carolina. But, yeah, um, he was convicted of nine murders, and he claimed 100-plus murders. And his crimes ranged from 1953 to September 1982. And he was executed in the electric chair in uh, 1991. Old Smokey, they called it here in South Carolina. Oh, Old Smokey. Yeah. Never any uh, mental illness? Uh, like, did he ever go to any kind of uh, assistance for that? To my dad? Um, Pee-wee no, Gaskins? Pee-wee Gaskins. I don't think either of them did. Well, They're good. just products of reform schools and prisons and, and not nobody ever caring about them or, or doing anything for and them. And this I was think. the 50s? This was around 1950 in reform school. Yeah. Like the early 50s, like probably 50 to 52 or 53 or so, somewhere yeah. in there. It's right there at the tail end of that time when if anybody showed any kind of abnormal kind of, uh, you know, outward behavior, put them in the sanitarium and lock the door. Yeah, and again, I told you the reform school was just a breeding ground for criminals, right? Well, yeah. Pee Wee Gaskin's criminal record started in 1953, right when he left reform oh school. Oh, my God. Yeah. See, that's what I'm thinking. Like, how are you going to reform a kid who's already been abused, sexually abused possibly, and now go dig up a football field with a teaspoon? Well, especially they weren't trying to, to reform anybody back then. You know what I mean? It's just... It's just free labor, systemic abuse all the way around. They didn't understand, or they didn't have any care for any kind of, uh, any kind of uh, psychology, any yeah. kind of psychiatry, any kind of therapy, any kind of counseling. There was none of that. Wow. It was just you be good. We're gonna beat you some more. That's all they did. Yeah. That was that was life for these kids. So your your dad never kept up with uh, Pee Wee Gaskins, I guess. No, he ran into him again because it didn't take my dad long before he, as soon as he was old enough, he was in the state penitentiary in Columbia, and guess who was there? Pee Wee Gaskins. My God. Yeah. So my dad uh, told me the story about when he first wound up in the state penitentiary. Again, he's a little guy. At this point, he's five seven, five eight, eighteen years old. Maybe 17 back then. Yeah. And he probably weighed 130 pounds. Soaking wet. Yeah. Little, little bitty guy. Young, baby-faced kid. So, you know, they're going to mess with him in prison. They're going to be mean to him in prison. So he goes in, and uh, his cellmate, much older guy, just, you know, starts talking trash to him. My dad keeps his head down, doesn't say anything. Guy keeps talking trash to him, threatening him, telling him what he's going to do to him, involving sexual abuse and sure. stuff like that. So my dad takes his old black prison issue shoe, never says a word, and just out of nowhere turns around and just beats the hell out of the guy with his shoe. Just trying to send a message. You, that's what some of these uh, reality shows, that's what they say you're supposed to do is go in there and you, you show people from day one you're not going to take any crap and... Allegedly, that works, but yeah, I it's don't, TV. I don't know what my dad was in prison for the first time. There are several times I don't know what he was in for, oh. uh, but he was in for just various things. He sold a lot of cars and just things like that. Yeah. Probably robbed some people. Blew up a horse with dynamite. Assaulting people and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> a horse with dynamite. Yeah. So, <laughs> he shot up a circus. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he gets out of there. I'm trying to see where we are. Oh, we're, yeah, we're into the 50s now. We're getting into, like, the prime of his life. He wasn't in for too long. I, I do know some things happen in prison. Like, you know, bad things. You know what? You know the things, you know, that happen in American prison. We've all seen enough Oz. Yeah. We've all seen movies. Yeah, things happen in prison, especially here. You just assuming that, or he alluded to it? I've been told. 
I've been told. He never talked to me about it, but my mother has. Yeah. But he told her and she told me kind of thing. Gosh. Yeah. So anyway, so he, but he got out of prison. He wasn't there for too long. And then he had a good little run, you know, hanging out around here, around Greenville, cruising around in like 57 Chevys and stuff like people did back then. Yeah. Stealing them from people. Sure. Like steal a car, steal a plate, you know. Take the car club ornament off. Yeah. You just steal a car, then you steal a tag off a different car. Yeah. They're not riding around with computers because it's. 1950s. Yeah, they didn't have VIN numbers then. They couldn't track any of this stuff. You're just riding around in a car. Nobody yeah. knows where you got it. It's yours as far as anybody can tell. I wish I grew up then. I would have been a, a, a criminal. Yeah, yeah. Back then, <laughs> you, your license plate was a little piece of metal you put on a keychain. Right. Yeah, it didn't have a picture of it. You had your name and your address and said South Carolina driver's license. That was it. Well, I can remember my daddy buying his inspection sticker every year. It looked like... had to do that. Back then, the driver's license was metal, and it looked like one of the uh, the discount cards you keep on your keys when you go buy groceries. Oh, yeah. Or CVS. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so he gets out, and he's doing that. And he's very in that 50s James Dean Greaser kind of scene. I mean, roll up the cigarettes and his uh, his white white t-shirt, t-shirt cigarettes yeah. rolled up in the sleeves, the blue jeans and the cuffs, and that kind of stuff, man. The slick back hair. He was uh, that rockabilly kind of thing. They, like rockabilly guys now do that. Uh-huh. So yeah, he was kind of in that scene. Okay. I mean, he's uh, again, he's where my my love of country music comes from. Yeah. He didn't have any use for a damn Beatle. I don't think he ever heard Michael Jackson. I'm dead serious. You should hear what my daddy called Michael. I'm Jackson. sure I can imagine. My yeah. dad would have too if he had any idea who he was. Yeah. My dad didn't. I mean, he just listened to his his Elvis and his Ernest Tubbs and his, his Johnny Cash and wow. his Hank Snow and Hank Thompson and all that beer drinking music. Yeah. This music you'd play in beer joints. But yeah, it was. Uh, Throughout the 50s, he'd get in trouble over and over again because he's stealing cars and running wild. Again, he's basically feral. He's basically a feral human being set loose in 1950s Greenville South. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Carolina. So when you say he's on a good run, that means not getting caught good run. Yeah, okay. yeah. Now, he'd get locked up here or there for a little bit of time. Well, that don't count. Various places. He, he escaped a few times through the, right in through here in the 50s when he was a young man. Yeah. What, he take a file in with him through a birthday? Did somebody bring him a cake with a nail file in it? Or? Well, no, back then they still had chain gangs. One time, uh, my dad and the guy he was chained to jumped off a chain gang truck on Poinsett Highway by one of the bridges and disappeared off into the kudzu in the woods. How'd they get the ball off? Well, they, uh, I don't think they had a ball on when they were on the truck. They were just chained they just together. Chained together at so that they point. jump off so at the same time. They jumped off together. And you know that big guy fell to the ground first, jerking your daddy down. Probably. Oh, law. Yeah, so they'd go rolling down the hill towards the train tracks off the highway and just run away. And they got away that time. There's several times he'd try to get away. There's one time in the, he was in the lower part of Georgia because he always loves Savannah like everybody does when they're from around here. It's a but, beautiful city. Oh, it's the best. So he's down around there, and uh, he escaped from uh, – I think he just escaped from uh, from custody. Like they were trying to arrest him, and he ran away, that kind of thing. Or he was in the process of getting arrested, and he ran, that kind of thing. Thank but God. that time they got after him with dogs, right, in South Georgia. They got bloodhounds and stuff out in the woods after him trying to catch him. And he got away from the damn dogs that time. He took his shirt off and uh, left it by a riverbank and then went down the river for a little ways. He knew to leave the scent. Yeah, he left his shirt there, um, and then he went down the creek for a bit. And then he went on the other side of the creek, and they just kind of lost the scent, I guess. I wouldn't have taken my shirt off. I would be afraid that if they did my mug shot, you'd see my big man boobs. I'd have taken my pants off. Yeah. Keep my shirt. No, well, yeah. yeah. He's porky picking it. But shirt. then you don't want to go into jail not wearing britches. Well, you know. <laughs> 
Well, okay. I, don't, I don't want to go anyway. Right. I don't want to go wearing a snowsuit, man. So he's going in and out of jail, but not any any big, big things. No, just running from the cops and being wild as hell in the 50s. It was also in the 50s he was back up in Charlotte, and he uh, he got burned really bad. Wait a minute. How did we get from Charlotte from Savannah? Well, he's just bounc- bouncing back and forth? Just bouncing back and forth. You know, again, if you're in trouble and the law is looking for you everywhere you go, you just move on to another town yeah. and you stay gone for a little while. Let the, you know, Let the heat cool off a little bit. When the town's not as hot, you go Laying back to Laying low. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Especially back then when it was hard to find people. It's just what you did. Yeah. They didn't have uh, fecal recognition then. No, they didn't. No. They were facial either one. Yeah, that's right. So he winds <laughs> up going uh, back to Charlotte, and that's where he was just pumping gas in a car. It was probably a stolen car. But uh, you know how they say the cell phones will cause a fire, right? Well, it's not just that. Any kind of static. But there's some kind of static charge there. Again, sometime in the 50s in Charlotte where it just caught on fire while he's pumping gas. and He went up with it. Wait a minute. Yeah. He went like how when you say he went did it mean like just fireball went up in front of his face? No, I mean he caught on fire all up his right side and his right arm. Like the, the right side from about the the, the hip up. I'm an awful friend me. if you've told me that and I've forgotten it. I mean there's obviously already I don't know that I ever told you. I don't know that I've ever heard that. Holy moly. Yeah, so he went up in flames. I'm talking about second, third degree burns all up his side. Yeah, so back to Georgia for the burn unit? not back then. I don't didn't think it was, even have I don't one think one. it was there then. Just rub some salve on it. He just wound up hospitalized in Charlotte rubbing salve on it and they gave him whiskey to drink to numb the pain. Well, there we go. Yep. So he's just laid up in the hospital for a number of weeks, maybe a couple months even, slowly healing up, getting the best care he could get at that point. I think maybe some early skin grafts maybe happened because it's the way the scarring looked on his body. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he's just sitting there drinking whiskey to numb the pain. That's really what they gave him was whiskey for the pain. My God. So, yeah, How old is he at this point, you figure? He would have been, I, I think this would have been the very late 50s. So he would have been a young man, 20, 21, 22, somewhere in there. Might even have been the early 60s by the time that happened. So he never uh, served? No, never. Okay. No, not with his record. I don't think anybody well, wanted yeah. him serving n- nothing. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I don't think that would have been a good idea. Yeah. But yeah, there was there was that. Another Charlotte story from around the same time. I think this happened before the burn, maybe. Uh, he was riding with a guy. And I don't know if the guy was drunk or if the guy had some kind of seizure or what, but he said the guy had a spell, and my dad thought he fell asleep at the wheel, and he tried to wake him up, and he couldn't wake him up. The guy was just out. So my dad had to bail out the passenger side of a car going down the highway before the guy drove the car into the side of a, a brick wall. And the, the guy, I mean, he didn't die. He just got hurt real bad, I guess. Yeah, he got hurt real bad. My dad messed his leg up. He broke his leg and uh, messed up his knee pretty good, bailing out of the car. God bless. But life was hard back then, man. That's the thing. Everything you did, you got injured. You got hurt bad. He had a spell. Yeah, yeah. The guy had some kind of spell. What if he just OD'd? Could have been. Could have been drunk and passed out. Who knows? I mean, back then, there were no DUI laws. No, God, no. <laughs> Certainly no open container laws. Those didn't come around around here till the early 80s. Yeah. Okay, so he's a young man, and this is this already. This isn't the end of his life. This is a third of his life so far. Yeah, I mean, right this at is about, a third of his life. About twenty out of those sixty-three years we've had, or a little over twenty years. He's already caught on fire. He's already, you know, he's caught on fire. He's bailed out of a moving car. He's escaped from chain gangs. He's been to big boy prison. He's been to reform school. He's been beaten and chained to uh, radio. Uh, uh, radiators. Yeah, he's already uh, at this point. He's already drowned a box of kittens. He's had a reunion with a former uh, classmate. We'll call him yeah. uh, Pee Wee Gaskins. Yeah, noted serial killer Pee Wee Gaskins. Yeah, back then I think he was he, he was Pee Wee, but yeah, my dad called him Donald. I don't think he was Pee Wee till later, a little later on. Jesus Christmas. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So he's he's uh, so back in Charlotte, back and forth. Yeah. At at. I don't know the timeline, but I'm I'm interested to just give me this. How at what age did you meet your mom? He was. I want to jump ahead too far. Let me think about this. They met about six or seven years before I was born, so he would have oh, been okay. about thirty, yes. thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Okay, so there's way many more stories to get to. No, oh, yeah, yeah. See, he wasn't nearly as wild after I was born. Okay, so most of the wild stuff happened between. Well, that's good. About nineteen fifty and nineteen eighty-three or four. Wow. Yeah, he had a he had a hell of a thirty year run. though, I'm telling you. Um, but after after his uh, the burns and stuff. Yeah. 
You'd think he, he, he'd go further down the path because they had him drunk on whiskey for I'd months. quit smoking, I think. Well, he wasn't smoking at the gas pump. He said it just went up, and he didn't know why. Nobody knew why. Just that static thing we've learned about since then. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, he did smoke like a damn freight train. Okay. You're right about that. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, after that, he, he had a, a series of jobs. Like, and he wasn't in prison. He wasn't in, in jail. He wasn't locked up or anything. He had a few jobs in through there. Um, at one point, he was a, uh, a night watchman and a security guard. There used to be a huge church downtown Greenville, uh, Pendleton Street Baptist Church. Oh, yeah. Down where they built the baseball stadium. Yeah. And uh, he was the night watchman in that church. He carried that little satchel that had the little keys in it, and he'd have to turn in there, and it would key log. I think so, yeah. He had, my grandpa had that. He had the probably. keys. I mean, they let him have a gun. This guy with his criminal record oh, and stuff, he's Lord. walking around with a, with a revolver and probably a dog. Not big on background checks back then either. Exactly. Probably no way to really do it. Think about the world back then in the 1960s. You could go get a job as a security guard, and they're going to hand you a gun, and you've already been convicted of all these crimes. You've already served time for various crimes, some of them violent. Yeah. All there was was really like wanted posters. Yeah. They, you know? they, here's your gun. Don't steal anything, even though you're a convicted criminal who's stolen stuff. Wow. <laughs> now the world does, is not as kind. I mean, it's a lot easier now. But in those regards, if you do screw up, oh, it's hard now. Oh, sure. Yeah. You screw up. It's hard to get a job ever. Yeah. So he he, he has a gun. And then, did, then you mentioned that as just... Just kind of sarcasm of the way of the world at that time, or did something happen with the gun? Nothing ever happened when he was a security guard. He had to run a few drunks off, stuff like that. Yeah. Winos come around, yeah. break a window at night or Ladies something. Ladies of the night. He never got in any trouble. See, that's around that same a- area where, you know, my daddy would take me by to see prostitutes. Exactly. I think this was before it got that bad, but it was pretty bad then because the church had a night watchman. And when I say my daddy would take my, me by there, not to, uh, you know. Uh, oh, not to do business. Not to do business, but we'd go to Krispy Kreme Donuts and he'd say, hey, Matthew, you want to go see the hookers? Yeah, my dad did the same thing in the 80s with me, or early 90s, late 80s, when I was yeah. a little tight, a little bitty kid. Yeah, right there in the corner, Army Navy. Store. Yeah, I was four, five, six years old. He'd show me the hookers. What were those hookers waiting for at the Army Navy? Navy store, like old vets to come by and want to get a little something? I don't, I don't know why it was right there. Maybe because if you went further than the Army-Navy surplus store in downtown, if you went further down Main Street, it'd be too rough. Well, You wouldn't want to stand on a street corner further down. Some things never change. Yeah. Oh, come on. It's nice down there now. Well, a couple blocks in. Somebody listening to Mississippi's like, I don't know what y'all are talking about. Well, look. You'll you'll begin to we'll paint a picture. Come visit. Yeah. So after uh, the, the night watchman, but th- this wasn't the uh, the night watchman and the security guard work. That wasn't the the end of him being in prison. Because at one point he went back to prison in federal prison in uh, federal prison federal prison in Petersburg, Virginia. Now what led to that? He stole a car somewhere down here, and he was sleeping in that car in Baltimore, Maryland, and he got a knock on the the window, and it was the FBI. And what led him to Baltimore? I don't know why he was in Baltimore. He never told you? I think or? he just was just driving up north to get away from, again, the heat of stealing a particular car from whoever he stole it from. Because they were after him that time. He Maybe he had stolen cars or just would drive them around and just use them? I think he'd just, uh, just leave them somewhere and get yeah. another one when it was time. my dad used to say there was like six big chop shops in Greenville oh, yeah. back in the 70s yeah. and 80s. I I'm sure they're always. One of them was right off White Horse Road. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my dad knew about those. He knew the people who ran them. Yeah, he avoided that. That he avoided a family who ran one for a long time because he may have killed somebody related to him. Jeez, Louise, your daddy. We're gonna get to that story. I keep teasing it. Yeah, keep teasing it. But yeah, he wound up in federal prison in Petersburg, Virginia, for whatever various crimes. He spent five years there. So by the time he gets out, he's again in mid to late twenties by now. Probably so twenty six, twenty seven. Time he gets done with that. Five years for for stealing a car. Yeah. Yeah. And no other added on charge just for stealing a car five years. Well, there were some other charges, too. I don't know what. Yeah. I don't have any records of it. I don't sure. know where to find them. Yeah. But he, there was some other stuff besides okay. the stolen car. Yeah. All right. So he's sleeping up uh, there. So obviously they put him in jail up there. Yeah. Federal yeah. prison in Petersburg, Virginia, which is prison still there. Um, I don't know why I remember Petersburg so well. Why well, not? Russia? No, it was a penis joke. Oh, Peter, yeah. <laughs> That's why. After he gets out of there, he goes into the family business. My dad and uh, and his his brother Herman, they uh, they opened up a series of beer joints at that point. Beer joints, man. Yep. They don't make them anymore. No, these places beer didn't joints. serve liquor drinks. That's why it was a beer joint. They just sell you beer. They Is had- that something with the licensing? Then you think, or it was just we just like beer, so we're going to. I don't think you had to have a liquor license to sell beer. I think it was different. It was just a beer joint. 
you you weren't trying to to get people tanked on 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 tequila. Yeah. Or in whiskey, you were just trying to get them drunk on beer. Yeah. So they'd have keg beer and canned beer and bottle beer, and they'd sell beer, and people just go in there and drink beer and shoot pool and smoke a lot. And and a, and a band playing. Maybe the next Don Williams on stage. Who knows? Maybe, or a jukebox at least, you know? Yeah. So, so they'd have some music and some pool shooting and some drinking beer, and that was it. Yeah. All they did was drink beer. But, yeah, that's uh, that's where my dad got tight with uh, with uh, with Herman. His, one of his second oldest brother. Okay. But this is also the time my dad had to uh, to stand up for a trucker when he was going to a dance with another one of his brothers, his oldest brother, Clinton. Now, he got close to his older brother. Uh, just They were just drinking buddies, pool buddies. That was just their place to go and relax and chill out. They ran the business. Oh, they ran the yeah, beer they, joint. They ran oh, they the ran several beer joints. Okay. Yep. When you said that, I thought you meant like... Oh, no, they operated. Okay, they yeah, operated. Let me, let, let me yank it up. They operated several beer joints. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I needed you to clarify that. I mean, uh, you know, uh, all kind of things you can run. Yeah. Right, but so. I, I, I want to get to the trucker story real quick. Oh, yeah. I don't want to move past oh, it. That's yeah. right where we are. So when my dad and, uh, and Uncle Clinton were going up to... Uh, they were headed up to North Carolina because, again, that's home to them. They're going up there to go dancing, had their girlfriends with them in the car. Yeah. You know, this is, again, late 60s, I think. Um, but uh, they wind up, and back this, well, actually, this was, might have been earlier, before 85, Interstate 85 ran all the way to Charlotte. Oh, it was super highway when you had to go use Wade Hampton Boulevard. Highway 29, because yeah. they were on Highway 29 when this happened. I believe they were on the way back from North Carolina where they'd been dancing, dancing, they'd say, yeah. you know. But uh, they, they wind up running up upon a fender bender. It's an accident where a guy driving an 18-wheeler wasn't quite able to stop, and he's bumped into the back of a guy's pickup truck. Okay. Not a bad wreck. Like, not he got taken out by an 18-wheeler kind of thing. Not, not I mean, everybody's going to drive home. It's going to be fine. Just a fender bender. Yeah, fender bender, yes. Yeah. So the trucker gets out to check on the guy and, you know, talk to the guy driving the truck. And they're in the middle of an argument when my dad and his brother and their girlfriends ride up on this. So they get out to make sure everybody's okay because they see people in the road and a wreck here. So this guy, the trucker is, is a black man, and the guy he hit is a white man in a pickup truck. And the guy's just going off and going off and, and saying a lot of racist things and stuff. Like, I'm not going to say I didn't hear my dad say a lot of racist things growing up because I did. Born in the South in 1938, and I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm just saying that. I mean, I heard him say a lot of those things. Right. I'm not excusing it in any way. I'm not excusing any of his awful behavior. Yeah. I'm not even trying to excuse the, the kitten drowning. I'm just explaining what kind of life he was leading. That all roads lead to something. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this night, my dad's just my dad and his brother are just trying to make peace in the situation, help get everybody on their way, make sure everybody's all right. But this dude won't stop. He won't stop. My dad, despite running beer joints. Had no patience with a drunk whatsoever. Right. So my dad hits this guy, and he said he told me the story a bunch of times. I always ask him to tell me again. He said it was the one time in his life he threw a lucky punch. Because my dad was a scrappy dude. He got in a lot of fights. He won some, and he got his ass handed to him several times, too. Being a smaller guy, he needed that first punch to be the lucky punch. Yeah, well, me. my dad just was hauled off, handed off. The guy in the truck was drunk, by the way. He was driving drunk, which, was, again, was pretty acceptable back at that point in America. Yeah. But uh, And he was just talking and talking. He wouldn't shut up. My dad had no patience for it. So my dad hauls off and hits him. But anyway... By the time the, uh, the the cops show up, because somebody had gone to call the cops about the wreck or whatever, just to make a report, I guess. Yeah. But they show up, and they are trying to figure out where the brick is my dad hit the guy with. Wow. And my dad and his brother and their girlfriends and the trucker are like, no, he, he, he just punched the guy. Just Wait a minute, the girlfriends punch. are there, too? Yeah, they were so, there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So they're pulling over. That's what I'm thinking. Like That, that was a sign of the times then, too. Like If you saw an accident, you would pull over to see. If people have cell phones, yeah. you'd pull over and check on people. Well, especially my Uncle Clinton was just the kind of guy who would check on anybody in any situation. He's a real good guy like that. But then when I they don't know see, what happened to his brothers. They see these guy, this guy in duress, uh, the, the black trucker, and he's having the, this drunk white guy that he, he just, you know, crashed into yeah. saying all these awful things to him and and so there is my the, dad probably half drunk too but the the girls are there so yeah. it's like okay let me go and defend honor well, i don't sense. think he did it for the girls i mean my dad wasn't I, I don't think my dad was the kind of guy who would do it to impress them yeah. it's already his girlfriend wasn't trying to impress her well okay i think he just did it because he, he just pissed off at that drunk guy right so i think he just wanted to hit that guy and he did it 
and he and so it's not a lot of thought involved. Hit him so hard that the the cops thought that there was a brick nearby that he'd used. Yeah, I mean, the, wow. my dad said the guy left his feet and wound up landing underneath the trailer on the back of the truck. Good Lord. Yeah. So again, he said, "Look, I'm not that strong. He'll break I'm, his jaw? I'm not nearly that bad." He don't know exactly how bad the guy was hurt. I mean, wow. he had never found out anything else about it. Are you going to tell me your dad got charged with assault? He didn't get charged with a crime that night. Good. Yeah. I mean, back then it was the. Back then, it was the kind of time where the cops would show up and say, well, I guess he should have been running his mouth. You know? Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't have got hit if he wouldn't have been running his mouth. That was kind of the way of the world back then. A lot Are of people wish tell me that was. truck driver was the big cat Ernie Lad. I don't know who it was. It very well could have been. But I imagine I don't imagine that dude would have been talking trash to a six foot nine Ernie Lad. Right. I don't imagine no. he would open his mouth when that dude got out of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> you have so, a good night, sir. I'll be on the way. So he defended this trucker's honor. Yeah, yeah, because the trucker, I mean, it was one of the situations my dad told me, too. He's looking at the trucker. The trucker's pissed. He wants to hit this guy. But he knows if he does something about it, he's going to get in trouble. Yeah. I mean, he's going to lose his job, yep. definitely. He's probably going to get arrested because, again, he's a black guy and somewhere in upstate South Carolina or the tip of North Carolina and sometime in the 1960s, yeah. right around the Civil Rights Act time, probably. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, if he, he has a lot more to lose for hitting this guy. So right. my dad hit the guy. And then, and then, your, your uncle never joins in. It's never like a, a you know. There's no need. It was one punch. It wasn't a fight. It was one punch. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was an argument followed by one punch, and then it was over. Well, you see, the, already this story, I, I imagine, like, I'm sitting here, like, you listening right now, uh, you know, in your earbuds or in your car or wherever, and I'm having this, like, this emotion with your dad, like, Oh man, I feel bad for him. Oh, he shouldn't have done that. Oh wow, look what a hero! Yeah, he kings all over the place. He was very bad, and in times he was very good. I mean, he did a lot of a lot of awful, terrible things in his life, but he did some good stuff too. But it does sound like there was some kind of like you said. He he early on you said it's uh, maybe a, a, a demon in him. Yeah, he would say that too. He'd say that demon especially came out when he started drinking, especially especially whiskey. Yeah, yeah, especially when he's drinking liquor, the demon came out. He said. And he, I mean, it's not just that he would get blackout drunk and not remember stuff. He would do stuff and not know why he did it. Like he had no control over what he was doing. Mm-hmm. He had no control over these these impulses, and these impulses were were dark and violent. Yeah. Wow. Pee Wee Gaskin. So so far, so far we're to the '60s. Yeah. And then <laughs> your dad is how old around this point, roughly? Well, this would be the late '60s, so he would be. Right around thirty at this point, he's lived about half his life at this. Point. I'm just trying to paint the picture because we're we're, go- we're going to make this a two parter. Yeah, I got and so much still to get to. I mean, it's going to take more time than we have for today. Oh my God! And then we're going to find out how he was involved in 9/11. No, we don't. No, no, no. <laughs> he had nothing to do with that or Kennedy. No, but there, there's more with the Pee Wee Gaskin stuff and um, and then. Uh, Murder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't get to the, uh, we didn't get into the beer joints yet because the beer joints involve things like shootouts, shootings, attempted stabbings, adultery. One time, somebody in the family may have burned a cross. Dead serious. And I'm going to tell that story next time. Wow. Yeah. See, my family only has one the whole gun shootout kind of story, and that you know that was right outside of Greenville Pickens Speedway. But, yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah, you you, you <laughs> sir deserve a uh, local Emmy for that tease at the tail end of this. Oh yeah, I mean we I've even gotten any of the times my dad got shot. He was shot several times. He's not fifty cent, but you know he was shot a few times. And then also, it, oh, we also have to get to the story of when nobody knows who shot my dad. It was either my dad or my mom. It was Jr. It was either my dad accidentally did it himself, or my mom shot him in the leg because he was drunk and she was mad. Let me ask you this. You mentioned that right there. Your mom shot him in the leg. Or he did. We'll get to that. Th- those details, too. Will that be something that we come to talk about? Oh, the, yeah. With the, you know, I was just thinking about this, your, your father's body. Yeah. The the scarring, the, the, the beating, the, the jail the, violence. The burning. The shooting. The, yeah, there were, I mean, there were gunshot scars. He, when he, he lived the rest of his life with a, a couple of bullets in his body. And a prosthetic leg. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. the amputation. Yeah. All those stories, man. <laughs> okay. God. I tell you this. 
I'm excited for next week. Oh, man. I mean, we cannot see this is going to be the hard part. We're going to see each other every day for the next week. And I'm going to like, hey, man, tell me ahead of time. But I got to save it for the air. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ah. we, we're getting into a real good phase of my dad's life where there are some some really great stories. And most of the bad things that happen the rest of the way in my dad's story, he's going to do some more bad things. But the really bad things that are going to happen in the next part of my dad's story, that was his brother being a dick. And how he was involved in the Iran Contra hearing. But, but Dad's brother might have been. Herman <laughs> oh, might have been. Yeah, man. I mean, we're gonna we're getting into a, a part of my dad's life where he isn't trying to be 1950s James Dean. We're getting to the point where 1970s Burt Reynolds is the man. Oh, he had a yeah. hairy chest. Yeah. He ever yeah. posed nude? No, I don't think so. Yeah. But Burt Reynolds did. Okay. Wow. The story of Eddie McDonald. Yeah. If it's okay with you, too, when, when you talk about the tail end of the, of the next uh, podcast where we get to the end of his life, I, I'd love to share with uh, the listeners the phone call that you made to me that night. Yeah, yeah, we can definitely we can do that. Yeah. Still one of the most impactful phone calls I've ever gotten in my whole life. Yeah, we can definitely cover all that and a lot more. You're good more. at bringing bad news. <laughs> I try, I Anytime try. anybody famous dies, the first person that tells me is nine. Yeah. Michael Jackson, all these people. Uh, man. Yep. What a life, what a life. Yep, yep, okay. yep. We got to... We're only halfway there, too. Yeah, so just to, just to tease you with what's coming next week. Was he a member of a militia? The beer joints, The, the someone dies in the next episode of this podcast. Uh, someone burns a cross in the next episode of this podcast. Uh, somebody gets shot and doesn't know who shot him in the next episode of this podcast. Somebody beats up a farm animal in the next episode of this podcast. My Lord. And somebody runs a disabled veteran scam for money in the next episode of this podcast. What a story. No. All right. <laughs> That's tease, man. And th this is a good example of why this could not be done on the on the regular morning show, on the Rise Guys morning show. Yeah, it's just way too much. Way too much content and so many, like, I would, I, you know, I'd probably slowed you down a little bit just asking so many questions, but... Wow. Well, it's a hard story to tell because I've never told it in full before. I've never told like this much of it at one time, and it's really hard to stay on track. Even though I made notes about just bullet points of stuff I want to hit and some specific notes, it's really hard to stay on track because there's so much, and there's even more I'm remembering that I didn't make notes about Yeah. as we go. Okay. All right. So, Rise Guys, After Hours Podcast, do us a favor. Uh, if, if you're listening to this, you haven't subscribed yet, please do so no matter how you're listening to us, whether it be the Radio.com app, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. I think we're on Stitcher also. Mm -hmm. uh, but sh And share it with people because, look, you know, a lot of people are at home. Just life has changed in general. They're looking for new things to kind of pass the time. Exactly. Share this podcast with them. Yeah, let them see this podcast. We'd love for them to hear it. Even if you think it sucks, tell them, hey, man, this sucks. Why don't you listen to it? You won't think it sucks, though. No, it's, I, it's pretty I, good. I've enjoyed it. I know it's about us and, and our point of view about stuff, but I, I really, really enjoy doing this. I, I really do. Great. I think it's a great time. Yeah, so uh, check us out next week. Uh, we drop these. Oh, I said I wasn't going to say drop. We release these on Wednesday. Yep. And, uh, again, uh, please subscribe and uh, let us know what you think. You can uh, contact me on uh, most of the social media, at O-Matthew. That's O-H-M-A-F-F-E-W. You can hopefully find me, but good luck to you. No, I'm kidding. I'm at Nueve on Twitter. Yeah. I'm 9 from TRG on Snapchat. And I'm uh, Nine Rules on Instagram. Yeah. You're not on TikTok. No. 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 All no. right. Uh, we appreciate y'all listening. Uh, again, spread the word. Uh, let us know what you think about it. And if you just want more of us, don't forget about the Rise Guys Morning Show, Monday through Friday, oh, yeah. live from 6 to 10, and podcast available every day, Monday through Friday. And thanks to Apple for calling us the hugely popular morning show. Hey, good for them. That was pretty awesome. If I had a bell, I would ding it. Yeah. Uh, I'm Matt, man. I'm nine. And that was the Rise Guys After Hours Podcast. Yeah. Oh, we got a new... You want to hear the new outro right now? Yeah. All right. All right. Get out. Time to close the doors on another episode of After Hours with the Rise Guys. Subscribe on Radio.com and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Pass it around to your family and friends and other P1s. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Yeah. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 